Hello, this is Elle. This is just a quick disclaimer before this episode begins. Initially, this episode was recorded in December of 2022. However, it is being posted in March of 2023. There are a multitude of reasons for this, uh, of which I believe we actually go into in the next episode. So just be aware that we may say some things that don't seem to be accurate in terms of timing. I believe we speak about the holidays and how things are going to happen really quick right after this episode. Well, that didn't happen. So just keep that in mind. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode, which is where we discuss the last part of persuasion. Welcome to Whip Beyond Measure. My name's Katrina Mayer. And I'm Elle Kammerer. And today we are talking about Persuasion, chapters 21 through 24. Yes. 21 through the end. Basically. Uh, <laughs> yes. Finally. Yeah. A month later. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. I'm sure you guys have noticed uh, if you're listening as we publish these Uh November has been kind of, November was kind of a bitch of a month. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what happened. It's lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Uh, It was going to happen eventually. I knew that at some point we were going to get hit with something crazy. You know, it's it's funny because NaNoWriMo is in November. Yeah. You know, where you're supposed to write a novel Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. a month. Yeah. And I've always thought that it's so stupid that it's in November. Because November is the worst month to do anything. Yeah. Outside of maybe December. Should be February. Because, like, it should. Or at the very, like, maybe March. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, November, you should just never plan on actually getting anything done in November. (laughs) So the fact that we had, like, legit, like, Austin-based episodes in November instead of just, like, the the book adaptations (laughs) that we've had in the past, I don't know why we thought that we were going to get this done on time. I don't know. But we'll have updates on that again if you guys are listening as these come out on Instagram, which has also been kind of put off to the side. November sucks, guys. Like, I love November. It's my birthday month, but we're never getting anything done in November. So we're just going to mark it off as a loss and just move on. (laughs) But um, before we move on, we got an email from a uh, listener who uh, wanted to give us some clarity on what we were talking about when we were talking about whether or not Mr. Elliot would inherit the title of Sir when he inherits Kellynch Hall. I apologize. We recorded that episode weeks ago, so I'm. it's not as fresh in my mind as it should be. But I believe we were talking about, like, whether... Mr. Elliot was just going to get the land and the fortune or if he was also going to be called Sir and so on and so forth. Because like with Sir Thomas Bertram, Sir is apparently the hereditary title. So 
Tom Bertram would become Sir, but we weren't sure if that was going to happen with Mr. Elliot because, or because Sir Elliot is a baronet. Apparently, um, Sir Walter Elliot. Sir Walter Elliot. The dad. Yes, is a baronet. Mm -hmm. Sorry. So, Sir Walter Elliot, the Sir, the baronet title, is also hereditary. So that means it's going to go automatically to the eldest son. However, Sir Walter Elliot does not have an oldest son and it cannot go to a woman. So it goes back up through the family tree to find the next male in line of inheritance. So that's why Mr. Elliot is the heir presumptive in that, like, say Sir Walter Elliot gets married again and has a has a son. If he does have a son, then Mr. Elliot would no longer be the heir because his son would have it. But until Sir Walter Elliot has a son, Mr. Elliot is the next male in line through the family tree because patriarchy. Um <laughs> Like, this is very complicated and ridiculous for no real reason at all whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, or at least not for reasons that actually matter. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so. And to jump back, I think we were talking about this because we were trying to figure out Mr. Elliot's motivation for coming back into the lives yeah. of Sir Walter and his daughters. We're like... You know, uh -huh. he didn't seem to want this, like, title before. Like, he was mm -hmm. downplaying it. So, like, what's his motivation? Why does he suddenly want it? And that's where we're like, does he need the house? Does he need money? Is he in trouble? Does he need, you know, we were trying to figure out what was the motivation. And that's where the spark came up with, like, why would he suddenly now want this title that he didn't want before? Yeah, because, like, we know that, like, his first, or uh, Mr. Elliot's wife, he had, or sorry, she had a lot of money, but no social status. So it seemed like the only thing that Mr. Elliot was missing was the social status. So I think that's why we thought maybe, like, would he get the Sir title or not? Because, you know, like, that's obviously major social status. Right. So that would, like, bring him up socially and stuff like that. So I think that's where it came from. Again, I'm sorry, that was weeks ago. I don't remember it. And no, I don't listen to our podcasts back because my voice annoys me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I do want to say uh, thank you so much for uh, kind of explaining all of this in this lovely email you sent us. Because in all honesty, I don't know. Like, first of all, I don't really know what a baronet is other than a rich man who has land. Uh, so yeah. So knowing what's hereditary, a uh, hereditary title and what isn't was very helpful for, for me. But yeah, so that was a little clarification on that, which actually, now that I'm thinking about it, plays into what we're talking oh, God. about today. It hardcore <laughs> does because we're going to learn all sorts of stuff about Mr. Elliot. Yeah, we were wondering about his motivations, mm -hmm. and we find out his motivations, mm -hmm. and we actually get a bit of clarification on this whole title situation with him. Exactly. But I think before we get into anything, Elle, you have the super duper quick recap. I do. Uh, 
Yeah. So we last left left off. Everybody went to a concert and Anne was really flirty with Wentworth and Wentworth was really flirty back and we all got our hopes up. And then all of a sudden Wentworth just kind of was like, okay, bye and left. And we were like, okay, what's going on? Cause like Mr. Elliot showed up and there was obviously like bad vibes between them. And I was thinking like, Hmm, maybe Mr. Elliot pulled a John Thorpe and was like saying bad stuff, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so that's where we left off. And I'm just saying that mostly for myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> so cut to these chapters. Anne is spending some time with Mrs. Smith, her BFF at the time. And Mrs. Smith starts talking about like, oh, Anne, you're going to get married to Mr. Elliot. It's so great. It's so great. Remember me. Keep me in touch. Like, don't forget about me when you become Mrs. Elliot. And Anna's like, whoa, 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 where did you hear this? Because that's not going to happen. And uh, Mrs. Smith talks about how, like, there's been rumors going around. People see things. People say things. People have heard things. And essentially, it boils down to Mr. Elliot uh, had seen Anne, had decided he liked her, got back in the good graces with the family and is going to ask her to marry him. And Mrs. Smith was like, I just assumed that you would say yes, because, you know, he has money and he's going to inherit your home. So why not? And Anna's like, uh, no, no, uh, there's somebody else. Uh, and Mrs. Smith is like, oh, thank God, because let me tell you the tea. <laughs> uh, and then Mrs. Smith decides to spill all the tea on Mr. Elliot. And it's like like pots of tea <laughs> apparently mrs smith has known mr elliot for a while because he was friends with her husband and he had written a letter to mr smith that mrs smith still has that explains like mr elliot's feelings towards the family and how negative they were and everything like that and mrs smith goes on to talk about how uh the reason why Mr. Elliot married his first wife is because he wanted money fast. He didn't want to have to wait for his inheritance. And he didn't give a fuck about the title. He pretty much says, what is the title of a baronet? Somebody give me 50 bucks and you can have it. You know, like, I don't really care. He had like no respect or regard for his family at all whatsoever. He was just more interested in the money. Um, Yeah. He also is one of the reasons why the Smiths kind of ran out of money uh, because Mr. Elliot was really good at convincing Mr. Smith to spend his money. And then something changed and Mr. Elliot decided that he wants the title. And he started to hear rumors that perhaps Sir Walter Elliot was going to marry a poor widowed woman with two kids named Mrs. Clay. So he immediately comes to Bath to try to spy and keep it to where they can't get married. Because if Mr. L, or sorry, because if Sir Elliot gets married, he could have another kid. And then Mr. Elliot is SOL. Uh, yeah, so Anne gets all of this tea and she is kind of like, oh shit, I should probably tell everybody. Or at the very least, I should tell Lady Russell. I need to discuss this with Lady Russell. 
Um, so she is going to go tell Lady Russell, but she also needs to avoid Mr. Elliot because he's just hanging out around the house all the time because he wants to spy on Sir Elliot and Mrs. Clay. Uh, but then all the Musgroves show up <laughs> and it's like a big party at the house. Uh, I don't think Anne ever actually gets to Lady Russell, <laughs> but uh, instead she starts chit-chatting with uh, the the Musgroves and the Harvilles are there. And I think the only people who aren't there are, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Louisa and her fiance, whose name I can't remember right now. Benwick? Benwick? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so they're really the only ones not there. So then Anne is standing around and she starts talking to Mr. Harville about uh, Benwick and Louisa. And don't look like that. I know th- th- this is what, how I remember it. <laughs> yeah, I think both daughters are mentioned as being there, but I don't think we ever interact with them. They're there looking for wedding clothes. I thought they were looking for the other sister's wedding clothes, not for Louisa's. Okay, that makes sense. But I still think Louisa's there. I just don't think she's really mentioned much. We don't interact with them. But anyway, (laughs) so Anne starts having a deep conversation with Mr. Harville about love and staying in love after loss. Um, And the difference between how men love and how women love and how they hang on to that love after, after a loss. Um, This is specifically kind of mentioning Benwick and how, you know, he was so in love with his wife, then his wife passed away and now he's getting married again. And, you know, there's this debate between men and women and everything like that. Well, Mr. Wentworth was hanging out in the room while this conversation was happening. He was supposed to be writing a letter to Benwick, I believe. And Anne notices occasionally that he's paying attention. um, And she notices that he starts writing another letter. And as he's leaving, there's a bit of an interaction. And he ends up giving her a love letter. And that's what it is. It's a love letter. It's it's a confession. uh, And it's adorable. And then, uh, like, the next day, the two of them are, like, alone together. And they're all like, oh, my gosh, I still love you. Oh, my gosh, everything's okay. I totally forgive you. Oh, my gosh, this is why I was acting so weird. Oh, my gosh, I thought I was going to end up having to marry Louisa because I didn't realize how stupid I was being. And they fall in love and everything's okay. Um, And, yeah, actually, that's pretty much the end. They fall in love and everything is okay. (laughs) There's some other side stuff that happens, like Mr. Elliot is still kind of, like, being skeezy. Uh, He ends up, like, kind of convincing Mrs. Clay to, like, go live with him, I think, or something. To, like, break up him and Sir, or her and Sir Walter, which was never going to be a thing. And uh Wentworth is all like okay fine I guess I'll forgive Lady Russell for what she did to us it's fine and Anne is worried about the fact that like she doesn't have a lot of people to introduce Wentworth to so like is she really adding to his life and it's so annoying but they're together in the end her you worrying about totally that was annoying. Downplaying this whole ending <laughs> to the story. Oh my gosh! There's I think like you need to go back and very, it. Does not end on a very high note for me. There's like no action at the end of this. Everything's all tied up, and it's like everybody yeah, gets their just desserts. It's great. It's 
it's so not exciting. <laughs> None of them are. All, every single end of a Nasta novel is like two pages and like, they did this, they did this, they did, they did this, the end. I don't know. I feel like this one was really like, ooh, tea, this is great. And then like nothing. Because I don't even think. Disagree. Like, like, like okay, we'll talk There's about it. There's been enough drama we'll and nonsense it. in Anne's life that she's good. <laughs> No, well, that's what I'm saying about how she was complaining about how, oh, I don't have that much to she add to his life, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she was. No, she wasn't. She was like, she was making comments and being annoying about the fact that she's like, I Where? only have two friends at Where? the very end. No. At the very end. She, yeah. No. Yeah. No. She is embarrassed by her family and she's like, her family does not treat Wentworth well, especially her dad and older sister. It's not okay. And the two people she is happy to add to his life are Mrs. Smith and Lady Russell. Yeah, and she's she's going on about the fact that she doesn't have anybody else to add to his life. And I was just like, girl, be quiet. She doesn't, though. But she does in that whole section. And satisfied with the very early period of adding Lady Russell, had had no other alloy to the happiness of her prospects than what arose from the consciousness of having no relations to bestow upon a man of sense, uh, a man of sense could value. There she felt her own inferiority keenly. Mm -hmm. The disproportion in their fortune was nothing. It did not give her a moment's regret, but to have no family to receive and eliminate him properly. Estimate. uh, So yeah. Estimate. Estimate. Yeah. She had but two friends. Da, 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 da. Uh, it just talks about how Mrs. Smith comes into play. She was just the whole like, oh, I felt really inferior, blah, blah, blah. It's like she, she was there she... anyway. There she felt her own inferiority. Yeah, but she's not like saying it out loud or complaining it. She's allowed to have feelings. It sounded when I was reading or when I was listening and reading into it that she was like, oh, this really sucks. This blah, blah, blah. And it's like, girl, like he doesn't give a fuck. He's been hanging out with your family this entire book. He knows. Stop complaining and just be happy that you got him. She's not complaining, though. But it, it to me, it reads like she is complaining and she's upset at the fact that she doesn't offer that much in the relationship. But who is she even talking to? She's feeling these things. She's allowed to feel those things. She shouldn't be feeling those things in that way at Don't this point Anne in the book. Don't tell Anne how she should feel. She's allowed to feel the way she wants to feel. Okay, Lady Russell, telling Anne what to do and think. I'm just saying, I felt like she was being real annoying at the end. To be fair, I did also kind of find Wentworth a little annoying when he was just like, like going on and on about it. <laughs> like, he's like, I was making this mistake. I'm so sorry. Like, I really shouldn't have been talking to Louisa and this other girl. And I just, I was like, oh crap, I'm going to have to bury her if she actually likes me because I was pretending. I'm like, dude, you should have realized what the fuck you were doing a long time ago. <laughs> I, don't, I don't read it that way at all. Like, he's very matter of fact and regretful. And he's like trying to explain to Anne because like, Anne's like, how did this come of this? And like, like, how did we get here? And like, and you said it was the next day, but he, Anne saw him immediately after she got the letter. Cause like. Oh, I thought it was the next no, day. No, cause she's like feeling faint because she's so happy and she wants to go walk out by herself cause she'll know she'll catch Wentworth so she can let Wentworth know, hey, I'm into you. And then Charles like insists on walking her because everyone's like, oh, Anne, you look so faint. 
And then she's like, no, you're going to spoil my plans. And Charles does walk them, but then Wentworth comes right up, and then Wentworth gets to walk her home. And then that's where they're confessing everything to each other because they're both realizing that they, they're they still in love with each other. And it's a very exciting thing after eight years. And you have to, like, you just want to, like, info blab all the things because you haven't been able to talk to each other like this. And you're still in love. And it's just like, oh, my God, this. And oh, my God, this. And oh, my God, this. And oh, this was really serious. And, like, you just, I don't know. I love it. I'm not saying I don't like it. I just found Anne Elliot in the last few paragraphs really annoying. And you're probably right. I did. I did miss that. Um, To be fair, uh, the section between like I stopped reading after the letter and then had dinner and then started reading again. So like in my brain, it was practically the next day. (laughs) That was just a misread on my part. You're just. Ugh. God, I was not this mean during Pride and Prejudice. You're like killing the end of this book for me. This is like my favorite part. The whole thing. <laughs> and Wentworth's letter is like the best letter in it really, all it, it of is. the novels. It's just I, Did I say so anything perfect. about Wentworth's letter? No. Because you haven't even talked about it yet. You just like passed over it. And Anne did not know oh that. Anne did not know that. Wentworth was writing a second letter. She thought it was still the same one for Harville. He, like, was hiding it. And then he came in and, like, he needed his gloves, but he really came in to show Anne. He's like, he moves this piece of paper where the Anne can see the letter addressed to herself and he looks her dead in the eye. He's like, without saying anything, he's like, this for you. <sighs> okay, I was doing a super duper quick recap. Do you want to cut and you do it? <laughs> because apparently... <laughs> Let's start at the beginning of this section. How about we do that? I mean, you just came out really hot with some fighting words about Anne. (laughs) And, like, I just had to say something. I'm sorry (laughs) that I found her in the last few paragraphs complaining. And I'm like, bitch, why are you complaining? You got your man. And, yeah, he was really fucking suave. But, like, I didn't I didn't even mention that until you're like, you didn't even mention the letter. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I just thought that she was being a little too whiny about the fact that she doesn't have anybody to bring into the relationship. And I'm like, why are you worried about who you're bringing into this relationship because, outside of yourself? But you don't That's understand. That's all I was commenting. It's, like, embarrassing. <laughs> like, I get that feeling. Like, I totally get that. Like, if, like, my family were, like, rude like, to the face of the person I was with, like, on a regular basis, I'd be really embarrassed, too, because, A, that's supposed to be my family. Like, I have to have a connection with them. And, B, this is the guy I love, and they're, such, they're like, dicks to him. Like, I'd be super embarrassed. That would be very stressful, a very stressful now, situation. Now, considering somebody, this is olden times. No, I know. Okay. And I'm also sitting here... Considering the fact that I've been in that situation and still very much live in that situation where my family regularly insults and, you know, is an asshole to my husband to his face, uh, I'm still not worried about whether or not I'm bringing people into the relationship. But you're not Anne Elliot. I know. And like the whole point of this is like you build family, you build community because you're still living in a time where you have to rely on people to survive. That's all I'm saying. And I'm just saying that I found Anne Elliot's inner thoughts kind of annoying in the last chapters or last paragraphs. That's all I'm saying. I I like how we're stuck on the last I can't, three paragraphs of the I entire novel. I can't let it go. Apparently, <laughs> I haven't even said anything bad about the 
the the good part about these chapters. It's just literally her musing to herself, I found annoying. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, wow. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go back. And we are 30 minutes in. <laughs> okay, so after the concert and uh, Wentworth's like kind of strange change in attitude and his getting up and his leaving abruptly. Um, Anne is concerned because she doesn't know what happened. She doesn't know why he suddenly kind of changed. Um, and she ends up spending the next day with Mrs. Smith. Yes. She has been doing regularly. Yeah. And Mrs. Smith is like, Oh, so I feel like you're gonna, gonna get engaged. That, uh, to that, uh, Mr. Elliot man? Yes, she's heard it on good authority mm-hmm. from multiple mm-hmm. people who are apparently are talking about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't help that Anne has been seen out and about with Mr. Elliot. Yes. And receiving all of his attentions. Because he won't leave her family alone. Yeah. Which is important because we all, or we do know that he does keep coming over to the Elliot's house and he had been before Anne showed up too. Mm-hmm. So, um, and he has been giving all of his attention to Anne instead of someone like, oh, I don't know, Elizabeth. Yes. So, so basically what happens is the Wallaces, they're, so Colonel Wallace is friends with Mr. Elliot. And, like, they have devised this scheme, essentially, to keep Mrs. Clay away from Sir Walter. Because I believe mm-hmm. Sir Wallace, or Colonel Wallace is in on it as well, um, if I remember right. he I think he was the one who was like, hey, you need to get up to Bath. I've seen Sir Walter around with this woman. Yeah, that's, that's what I gathered as well. Okay. Um... Mrs. Smith knows a lot of people and she just kind of throws out names of the people she's heard stuff from. Yes. (laughs) Sometimes it's a nurse. Sometimes it's a different nurse. Sometimes it's a maid. Sometimes it's somebody else. And in this case, it is Nurse Rook. She gets it from Colonel Wallace's Mm -hmm. wife, who is like a little chatty Kathy. And... Mm -hmm. Is the one who's saying that, oh, Anne and Mr. Elliot are going to get together and Mm -hmm. all of this stuff. And so Anne's like, well, I mean technically what you're saying is true he does come around a lot he does have these feelings about mrs clay that she's inferior to my father like Mm -hmm. but the thing about us getting married is not true but then she like stops herself and she's like but he's been very presumptive and he has expressed to her like Mm -hmm. we talked about in our last episode that he wants her to keep her name and be Mm -hmm. lady Mm -hmm. elliot someday yeah, he was very vocal about that. And also it's like even Anne has noticed the flirting. Yeah. Like like when they first met in Bath, they were flirty flirty. So even if she looking back didn't think about it in that way. Yeah. So after Anne hears like all of this explanation, she's like, oh crap. Okay, so I do believe what you're saying, but I assure you I'm not going to marry him. Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. like, well, in that case, mm-hmm. let me tell you about this slimy slime ball person. Which 
Which is a really interesting thing when you think about it, because when she is first talking to Anne about this topic, she's very like, oh, I'm sure you're going to be so happy. It's going to be great. You're going to be wonderful. It's great. You're my friend. We're going to stay friends. It'll be wonderful. And then as soon as Anne is like, no, that's not going to happen, she completely turns like 180. And it's just like, oh, my God, let me tell you how big of a dick bag this is. And I, he is. And I'm so glad you're not doing this because you would be miserable. But it is and totally like, what friends do. It's totally what know, friends but do. It, <laughs> but it's also like, damn, bitch, were you going to like if I did get married, were you ever going to tell me? <laughs> No, and I don't think she would have. And, like, she does make the argument, like, Anne, you are nothing like his first wife. I knew his first Mm -hmm. wife. Because, okay, so the whole thing is, Mrs. Smith, her and her husband, as you mentioned in in your recap, that they were um, friends with Mr. Elliot. Um, Her husband, in particular, they were very, very good friends. And, yes, Mr. He he took care of Mr. Elliot a lot because Mr. Elliot was pretty Mm -hmm. poor. And, you know, they... The Smiths, like, lived kind of extravagantly, a little bit outside of their means, but nothing too crazy. But then, like, the closer mm-hmm. they got with Mr. Elliot, the more he was like, oh, spend, 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 spend. And they did. Well, he, so Mr. Elliot, yes, he was poor because, like, his father was, like, a farmer or something like that. Uh, I believe there was mention of cows. He was still a like gentleman, that. though. Yes, yes, yes. So, um... So he wasn't like he wasn't destitute. He no, was like he wasn't that poor. He poor was poor for a gentleman. A, yeah, he was probably probably a little bit more like Mister Bennett, like poorer but still considered. Yeah, he can still move in society, but like he really relied on Mister Smith for like a bulk of his expenses. Yes, yeah. yes, and Mister Smith was happy to do it. And it wasn't until he got married. And had the money that he started telling Mr. Smith, hey, let's spend some more money. Hey, let's spend some more money. Yes, because it makes the point in the book that says, and the only reason why he married this woman was for money, as we know. It was only yep. for money. Because um, he cared more about being rich than being, like, having this title of baronet or whatever. So that's why he's, like, yeah. having the Elliots. And then, yeah, because soon- he he didn't want to wait for his inheritance. He needed the he wanted the money now mm-hmm. because probably because he's like, well, I'm a gentleman. I'm moving in society. I don't have the money, but he doesn't necessarily care about the social aspects. Yeah, he just yeah. needs money. That's more important to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and like when he does get money, he's like, oh well, I'm not gonna spend my money, but I'll mm-hmm. keep spending my friends' money. Mm-hmm. But because, like. Now that he has money, yeah, he can kind. I feel like it's kind of implied that he was like, "Okay, well, Mister Smith, you spend more and more of your money. You spend outside of your means, and I'm helping take advantage taking advantage of that because now that I have money, my tastes have also gotten more expensive. Yeah, you know, and he's just kind of encouraging someone who has like poor financial skills uh, to. You spend more of their money and it's all like when I read it and I know that it doesn't say this but it kind of felt a little bit to me like you have a friend with a drinking problem and you keep having them go out to bars yeah with you yeah that's kind of what it's it felt like is that Mr. Smith was the guy with the drinking problem and Mr. Ellie does like no we're gonna go to the bar let's go yeah. So, like, this is pretty bad. Um, And then Mr. Smith gets sick. He dies. And he was 
Mr. Elliot, he made Mr. Elliot the executor of his will. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, Mr. Elliot is kind of in charge of, like, what he ever he has left. And, like, in a sense, like, not literally in charge of Mrs. Smith, but, like, financially, kind of, because there's this property that the Smiths still retain in the West Indies that could potentially be a source of income for her and will set her up really nicely, essentially, for the rest of her life. However, Mrs. Smith cannot claim it or, like, do anything about it because she's a woman and Mm -hmm. patriarchy. And Mm -hmm. Mr. Elliot would have to be the person to do this. And this is why she's, like, saying to Anne, hey, Anne, when you marry him, don't forget me. Like, please. Mm -hmm. And... Of course, her hopes are dashed when Anne's like, I'm not going to marry him. Um, but basically, she wanted Anne to convince Mr. Elliot to, like, get in contact with these people and help her reclaim this property so that she can essentially stop living in the place where she's living and, like, yeah, get improve her health and all of that good stuff. Yeah. Because that's the other thing that, like, Mr. Elliot is not doing, and that is just communicating with Mrs. Smith at all. Yeah. Like, for any of the needs that she has, like, he's not doing anything for her. No. At all. It's basically like she doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, so Mr. Elliot is the executor of this will, but isn't doing anything with it, like, at all. Oh, and side note... Remember when Mr. Elliot was being a creepy creep and telling Anne that oh, I heard somebody talk about you back in the day and that made me interested. It was Mrs. Smith. Mm-hmm. She was the one. Because Mrs. Smith made the connection between Mr. Elliot and uh, Anne Elliot because I believe he had overheard or, or she had overheard him talking to her husband about the Elliots and how he was there like the heir of that estate and everything like that and how he didn't care about it at all and even that he was supposed to marry elizabeth but like he wanted like they're here all the time because they want me to marry her and i'm not gonna do it blah 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 and he even put it Mm -hmm. in writing which is the letter yeah as you said that she's him. so yeah because anne was concerned obviously with all of this and she's like well how the hell do we prove this yeah and mrs smith is like "Ooh, i have a letter yeah (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. so after fleshing out all this stuff about Mr. Elliot now and knowing what we know, I have a question for you. Because I really don't know what to think. Well, do you want to hear my opinion? Yeah. No. <laughs> I do it when it comes to this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do you think that Miss... Because... Okay. Sorry. Let me preface this with... Okay. We were trying to decide... We, we, I think we had landed on that Mr. Elliot doesn't seem super devious. Like, he's here. It seems kind of weird. And there is some shadiness, but it didn't feel devious. It felt more like mm-hmm. a Frank Churchill situation, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But now that we know the T, mm-hmm. do you think he's devious? Or do you still stand by what you said? Or what do you think? Um, well, he's definitely an asshole. For sure. Like, just even by just what he did to Mrs. Smith, he's an asshole. Yeah. Um, I think that he's devious because he suddenly made this decision to care about whether or not he was actually getting his inheritance. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and obviously that is his whole motivation, 
which we didn't really touch on because even Mrs. Smith is like, I don't know why he suddenly changed his mind on that. Yeah. Like there, cause Anne is like, why all of a sudden did he have this change of heart? Why is he all of a sudden, you know, hanging out with the family? Why is he worried about Mrs. Clay? Like, I don't understand this. And Mrs. Smith doesn't either. Like the, the, we don't really land on anything about that at all. Like we don't know why he suddenly changed his mind. Yeah. Um, Right? Like, it, is, it isn't It is brought up again in the rest of these chapters. Because we don't actually see him, really. Mm-mm. Like, we see him talking to Mrs. Clay, but outside of that, we don't see him. Yeah. So I found that odd that we don't know that motivation. Yeah. But let's just say that he had a change of heart. And his plans from there became devious because it is because he is purposefully like playing other people to get what he wants. Mm-hmm. So that is devious. Like, cause he purposefully wants to marry Anne so he can stay near Sir Walter so he can keep him from getting married so he can get his title. That's all very devious. Yeah. I just don't understand his motivation. You know? So my other thing that I was wondering about is, is the only reason why he wants to marry Anne is so that he can be near the family? Can't he achieve the same thing without marrying Anne? Um, no, because I think there was even like a line somewhere in here, I don't remember where, that said something about if he married Anne... He could have that level of closeness that only a son-in-law could have. Oh, uh, so he would become like a son. Yeah, yeah. And I he think would I know have, the line he you're would be about. able. Yeah, he'd be able to be there all the time and kind of be closer to them. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, there was also something, and I think Mrs. Smith said it, something about like within the wedding. Oh, that's what it was. Because people, people in Bath think that sir walter is going to marry mrs clay because he's seen out with her all the time Mm -hmm. and that's where the rumors started and that's how mr elliot got wind of it is because there's rumors flying around everywhere okay and mrs smith said something about like oh well when your wedding is announced in the paper it can also be clarified that your father is not getting married to mrs clay because they were going to put it into the terms of the wedding agreement yeah yeah okay yeah so that was that's another way that he would get around making sure that mr or sir walter didn't marry mrs clay and i think the other reason why he wanted to stay close to the family is because like he could still get married to somebody else yeah because am am brings up that point it's like he could achieve the same thing with another woman doesn't have to be mrs yeah. clay yeah but if if he's suddenly the son-in-law and he's there all the time yeah Mr. Elliot can kind of watch over that and try to keep that from happening. Yeah. So by marrying Anne, he'd be able to get rid of Mrs. Clay and also keep a very close eye on Sir Walter. Yeah. So it is devious. He doesn't really love yes. Anne. No. Okay. No. He. Just, I mean, he just thinks that she's hot. Yeah. She's pretty and nice. Yeah. And I. what I also found odd, and I think... So when I started... When we started talking about this, I did say that, you know, I, I felt like there was there wasn't enough action happening at the end of this book. Like it felt 
like it didn't really end. And I think it was because of this whole Mr. Elliot situation. Yeah. Actually, I know it is. That's where I feel like this book kind of dropped the ball is because we have his whole plan laid out. You know, like we were just talking about it. He's just trying to keep Sir Walter from getting married, whether that's to Mrs. Clay or whatever. And he's doing this through trying to marry Anne. And when Anne ends up with Wentworth, Mr. Elliot just seems to go away. Yeah. And like, we know he takes care of Mrs. Clay. Yeah. Essentially. He like pretty much convinces her to, to leave the Elliots and just kind of go with him and do that. So she's out of the question, but that still leaves him in this position where if Sir Walter gets married again, he might not get his inheritance. So why doesn't he go after Elizabeth? I don't know. It's very weird. Cause like yeah. without so we're not- Sir Walter get remarrying, like he still stands the chance of inheriting everything. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the, by the end of this book, Sir Walter could still get married and could still have a son. Yeah. So all of this, all of this planning, all of this stuff that Mr. Elliot did. Yeah. Relied solely on his marrying Anne when there's Elizabeth. And after Anne doesn't marry him, there doesn't seem to be any indication at all. Actually, it's flat out said that Mr. Elliot leaves and he doesn't continue to talk to the family. Well, but he could have just pursued Elizabeth. What he does is he leaves, Mrs. Clay leaves, because it's for his own interest and enjoyment to get her under his roof. And it was mm-hmm. a double game. And he was determined to save himself from being cut out by one artful woman at least. So at least Mrs. Clay is out of the way, but yeah. it's still up in the air for him. Yeah, and I thought that that was really weird, given how much effort he put into the plan, you know? Yeah. So I feel like that's where Austin dropped the ball, and that's kind of why I was a little disappointed in the ending of this book. Not the romance part. Thank you. The rest of the plot. (laughs) Is that we didn't get his motivation for all of a sudden desperately wanting this inheritance to the point where he's going to play Anne like that, and then why he didn't shift. If it was so important to him. So, okay. So here it is. I had to reread it a couple of times, but I think I got okay. it. Okay. So after the paragraph where it explains that Mrs. Clay goes with Elliot, and at least she's cut out and they're together, it talks about Mrs. Clay and how Mr. Elliot being a young man, he had overcome her sensibilities to forsake Sir Walter. Mm-hmm. However says she has abilities however as well as affections and it is now a doubtful point whether his cunning meaning mr elliot's or hers mrs clay's will carry the day whether after preventing her from being the wife of sir walter he may not be wheedled and caressed at last into making her the wife of sir william would mr elliot become sir William? Yeah, because that's his first name, isn't it? Okay. I don't know. I read the beginning of this book in September. It seems like (laughs) she will eventually wear him down and become his wife. I'm just double checking his first name. Give me a second. But I I think that that's correct. Yes. Yeah, his first name is William. So, yeah. And also, Walter and Elizabeth care about is their cousins. 
That's all I care about. So, while trying to get Anne, so then he can guarantee that he is going to be Sir William Walter Elliot, he ends up getting entwined with Mrs. Clay. And Mrs. Clay is now trying to become his wife. Mm-hmm. But there's still no guarantee that he will become Sir William Walter Elliot because Sir Walter Elliot could still get married and have a son, which was what he was trying to prevent in the first place by marrying Anne and being close to the family. So it seems like... It's a waiting game. He was... It seems like he put this whole devious plan into play, but he never got the chance to pivot because he got locked in a different devious plan by Mrs. Clay. Because had Mrs. Clay not gotten her nails into him, he probably could have pivoted and married Elizabeth to continue on with his initial plan instead of Anne. Maybe... Because, again, I don't know why he didn't just go with Elizabeth in the first place. Well, it says that because Mr. Elliot left as soon as he heard about Anne. And, like, that was really embarrassing to Elizabeth. And she's like, I'm not going to take him back a second time after all of this. No, I get that. I don't know. I I feel like. Everybody knew that he was going for Anne. Even the whole family. Right. And that Anne chose someone else. And he, like, it just, it feels like she doesn't want to, Elizabeth doesn't want to be second tier to Anne. And she's already embarrassed enough that not only did um, Mr. Elliot choose this woman of inferior birth, and then now come this time, he's choosing her younger sister. Yeah. I don't think she would take him anyway. I get it. I I get it. But I don't, uh, I'm looking at the motivation of... That's that's probably the case. But again, this is where we're we're missing that that motivation behind Mr. Elliot. Because again, we don't know the like or the the change of heart that he had. Why is this title all of a sudden so important? Like to even him? just a sentence about maybe like his money is dwindling or something. Like I don't remember anything about that being mentioned. But like or that maybe could have been the case. He was young. He wanted the money, and yeah. now he's old enough, and he wants the title to go with it. Maybe I don't know. He wants the whole Correct package. Us- Correct us if we missed something, because I feel like we're missing that motivation. But again, I feel like Mrs. Smith was also like, I don't know why he all of a sudden changed his mind. But I think he just yeah. wants the whole package. And I think at the end, we're supposed to assume that Mr. Elliot is playing a waiting game to see what happens. Yeah. And Mrs. Clay is playing the long game. The, the short yeah. game was to marry Sir Walter. The long game is to marry Mr. Elliot and hope he gets the, the title. Uh, I still had canon that Mrs. Clay was playing the long game with Elizabeth. And then when she realized that uh, Mr. Elliot was like, okay, well, you know, that's not going to happen. And now she's like, okay, well, I guess I'll play the long game with you instead. (laughs) Anyway, Anyway. moving on. Um, But no, that's that's the part that I felt like I was missing something with the end of this book. Like, the end with Mr. Elliot wasn't satisfying for me. No, I agree. There was, yeah, that it's hard. was. It's hard to reconcile him like and Elizabeth and Sir Walter. I think that was a hard little wrap up for sure. Yeah. I feel like, like there, we got motivations and we got stuff with like other, like bad guys and other books yeah. and stuff like that, you know, but 
yeah, I just felt like we didn't really get that as much here. I don't know. No. So. But anyway. I want to float an idea by you. Okay. Okay. Because we're an hour in. Yeah, so we're going to cut out the whole bit where you're yelling at me. <laughs> I did not yell at you at all. Um, no, no, no. What I'm thinking is, like, this felt like a Mr. Elliot discussion. Like, we mm-hmm. har- we had to talk about him at the beginning for our email to clear clear up, like, how he gets his title and that it's hereditary. We had to, like, go into all of his, like, life history, essentially, and the deviousness and how this, like, all ties into the family. Um, and, like, we already kind of hit on, like, what happens at the end. Mm-hmm. So my thought is, should this be our last episode? And then should our wrap-up focus on the love story between um, Wentworth and Anne? I feel like that's a good idea because, again, I feel like the – and it might have just been how we broke the book up because the last four chapters – are so heavy at the beginning yeah. with all of this stuff with this devious plan. And that it, it made the end part feel a lot less heavy Rush. because there was that. Yeah, it really did. Like I didn't really get to live in the romantic part of it. Like you do in pride and prejudice yeah. or even a bit in Emma, which, you know, we've had that conversation about how much romance is there, but you know, like pride and prejudice or Northanger Abbey, even like we didn't really get to live in that as much. Um, so yeah, I think that we know how this ends. Uh, they, you know, Anne and Wentworth, they get together. Everything is good. Uh, but I think, yeah, for our wrap up, we should just, just focus on their love story. Yeah. Like, let's how just they get talk together. about those two. And we got a deep. Throughout the book. We got, yeah, throughout the book, but like specifically like the conversation she has with Harville because that conversation even though it's not with Wentworth it's a key factor into Mm -hmm. Wentworth doing that letter and giving it to her so I think and I think Mm -hmm. it deserves time and like pulling it apart so yeah and I think we really need to look at uh not just that conversation and the end but also reflect back at their beginning Mm mm-hmm in relation to that conversation with Harville and what happens at the end. So I think yeah. that, yeah, that is where we should probably do our final bit about persuasion, because that is what makes this book everybody's first or second favorite book is, is these two. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I think we should definitely do that. But uh, is there anything else that you want to say about these last four chapters before we end, because again, the beginning of this episode was just you giving me grief because I thought Anne was a little whiny. I was not giving you grief. I just oh my disagree. god, that was, all, that, that was grief. I was just disagreeing <laughs> and like asking you where I was just I was where more, when she says she was talking about the fact that she was upset that she doesn't get to bring more to the relationship. It's more like, incredulous. There is one thing I want to say, and that's hmm. that Charles Musgrove is a very good and clever boy. The how so? End. No, no how that's so? what he says in the book because he's getting oh. tickets to a play. He's like, I don't have a clever boy mother, like over and over and over. And they're like, Charles, we can't go. Late Anne's family's having this thing. We can't go. And he's like, I'm not going to that. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I do enjoy Charles Musgrove. I think that he is. And he gives Mary so much grief. And she yeah, can't like, take it. 
It's so good. Uh, they are young Mr. and Mrs. Bennett. Minus the daughters. Because he gives I her a lot of that. grief and she's like, blah, 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 blah. But I feel like he's so much more lighthearted than Mr. Bennett. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. That's yeah. why he's young yeah. Mr. Bennett. Yeah, he's, he's younger and he doesn't have five daughters. And he doesn't have five daughters. He's not the Mr. He Bennett have to worry the about weight that. of the world on his shoulder who's yeah. like more cynical. <laughs> yeah. Like there's two there's two couples in this book that I really enjoy, and it's uh the Admiral and his wife yes. and uh the Musgroves. Uh because they're just hilarious. I feel like I feel like the like Anne and Charles not getting together was like the best decision they made and the fact that they can still kind of be friends Mm -hmm. and like have this rapport is just great yeah i agree yeah oh also when we do our wrap-up next week we will do our superlatives as well oh yeah i forgot about superlatives yeah it's been a month guys (laughs) like seriously it's been intense (laughs) sorry this episode was kind of all over the place and crazy and we don't know what we're doing anymore it's been so long at l (laughs) So, <laughs> I can't help myself. If it makes you guys feel any better, this is like this is also the first time in almost a month that we've talked to each other. Really, we've been busy. <laughs> we've been so busy and sick and on vacation and holidays and burnt out. And my computer just died. No, there we go. Okay, you're back. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, everything went dark. I thought that was your list. Okay. Well, if no. that's not a sign to cut this off, then I don't know what is. <laughs> So that was it for chapters 21 through 24. We're going to talk all about Anne and Wentworth next week for a wrap up. And hopefully it's next week. If not, I'm sorry. And that's it. Thanks for listening and sticking with us. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Beyond Measure is hosted by me, Katrina Mayer, and me, Al Kammerer. We're part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media/podcasts. Our music was composed by Shane Ivers, and our artwork was created by the beautiful and talented Katie Keneally. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can find us on our website at witbeyondmeasure.com. Or follow us on Instagram for all of our updates, memes, and just fun stuff. Our handle is at WBM Podcast. I'm going to say that again. It's WBM Podcast.